My name is Shane. This is my wife, Alyssa. And uh, collectively, we're known as the Maldens. We're just Shane and Alyssa in more casual settings. So uh, we've been married for uh, 20 years. And um, we just celebrated our 20th anniversary in November. So that was awesome. And um, thank you. Uh, and so uh, we just want to um, come and share our journey uh, with you. And, um, you know, 12 years ago, you know, you wouldn't have thought that we'd be in the place we are uh, today. Um, so uh, we have three, uh, well, four kids. It feels more like this. Um, when I tell people at work that we have four kids, they act very surprised. Wow, four kids. And uh, I just figure at Watermark, we're just kind of keeping up, you know. So um, if you're not from Watermark, everybody's got like 10 kids around here. So uh, we've got uh, Turner, Ezra, and Atticus there in, in descending age order. And then uh, we had a little girl, uh, Catelyn. And so our lives are very, uh, very rich and busy with them. So, um, <laughs> yes. Yeah, we had uh, four sets of identical triplets. Um, okay, so we just want to say, you know, before we start that, uh, you know, in, in marriage you never uh, completely arrive, uh, just like in your walk with Christ. Uh, I never uh, come to the place where I'm loving Alyssa perfectly uh, every day, just like I'm still working on loving my neighbor uh, more like Christ every day. So... Uh, we are definitely in a good place uh, right now and have been for a long time, but uh, we were in a very bad place uh, about 12 years ago. So um, we met in college at uh, Texas A&M University, Commerce. It was, uh, I guess, every time. Um, it was actually East Texas State back then. Um, so we dated for about two years, two years, and then we were engaged for a year after that. But in the midst of uh, that time, uh, a very significant event happened uh, to me. Uh, my dad was a deputy sheriff. He worked out in Arizona, and um, during the time that we were uh, dating, he was uh, injured in the line of duty, and he was actually uh, shot in the head going into a, a house to serve a warrant. And miraculously survived that and, and actually regained a, a, an amazing amount of functioning. Uh, but he had to live in an assisted living facility uh, out in Bakersfield uh, from that time forward after he recovered uh, from his injury. But that for me was obviously a significant event and it began a whole series of, of struggles for me because I did not uh, deal with that in the way that I should have at the time. So... So I would say the first years of our marriage were smooth. Um, we didn't have oneness looking back, um, but at the time we really didn't know what oneness was, so we didn't realize what we were missing. Um, we did have some foundational issues that we can recognize now. Uh, both of us are children of divorce, and so we didn't have any functional marriages, let alone godly marriages, to kind of guide our way. Um, I had never separated from my family. I'm from a large family and um, never separated, especially from my mom and my sisters, and um, prioritized Shane. I always um, put their needs ahead of his. Um, we were both believers when we got married, um, but we never, in those early years, connected to the body of Christ. So we did a lot of church hopping, um, but never um, 
put down roots and, and got connected. And basically, these first years, I would just say, um, we were living for ourselves. So we didn't have um, children for the first eight years of our marriage or nine years of our marriage. And so we you know, both worked and um, had money to spend and, and just kind of lived for our own comfort and enjoyment. About the fourth year of our marriage, uh, I began to experience a pretty deep depression related to what had happened to my dad. Um, I, my tendency is to run away from those kind of things and withdraw. Um, and, uh, you know, stuffing pain down like that doesn't, of course, make it go away. It just comes out in, in, other, in other ways. And uh, I began to really act out uh, almost like a child in angry outbursts and rage and it got to the point where um, I remember we had a, you know, there was one incident that Alyssa said, basically, you've got to do something. We can't live like this. And I ended up uh, taking medication uh, for depression at that time. Uh, the mistake that I made was not seeking Christ uh, for healing during that time and, and not dealing with uh, the pain that I had. Uh, John 10.10 10 says that uh, the thief uh, has come to steal and to kill and destroy, but I've come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Um, but I didn't seek out life in Christ. I didn't seek out pursuing Christ. I, I tried to uh, deal with my issues through um, uh, unhealthy and inappropriate relationships uh, with women that I worked with. Uh, I was a teacher at the time, so I was surrounded by women, uh, and I sought to use that to uh, deal with the pain that I felt. Um, and also during that, during that time, well, I'll get to that in a minute. So I was in a bad place, depressed, um, drifting from Christ, on medication, and not doing well at all. So looking back at that time for me, um, I think of the verse Proverbs 14.1, which says, The wise woman builds her house, but with her own hands the foolish one tears her down tears hers down. And so um, that definitely was what I was doing, even though I wasn't aware of it necessarily at the time. So at this time, it was really difficult to be around Shane. Um, Like he talked about, he had anger and outbursts. And even though it wasn't necessarily directed at me, um, it was just really hard to be around him. He wasn't really a a fun, happy-go-lucky kind of person at that time. And so instead of leaning in and trying to get him some help and really being the wife I should have been, I just kind of um, started leading my own life and seeking my own happiness and um, was not pursuing Christ either. So I focused on furthering my education. I went to grad school, got promoted at work, and kind of was giving all my energy to my career. Um, Like I said, my family... um, My family of origin was just really still a big presence in our lives, and so I gave a lot of my energy and time and attention to them. Um, I started jogging and playing soccer, so I was gone a lot in the evenings and on the weekends, and so basically just making myself happy. Um, I really didn't prioritize Shane at all. I can think of some examples. Once when he got sick at work and called me to come pick him up, and um, I kind of you know, felt like I couldn't leave my job. And anyway, one of the women at work ended up giving him a ride home. So that kind of fed into these relationships he was having, which wasn't good. Um, His car broke down once. And instead of going to pick him up, you know, I was trying to arrange like for my sister to go get him. And I just wasn't making him feel like he was important to me. Um, We had a very dysfunctional dynamic at that time. It was kind of a parent-child dynamic. I felt like I was the responsible one um, when it came to 
finances and that type of thing. And so um, I really was waiting for Shane to change. I was really prideful. And I really saw that um, saw it as his problem and felt like if he would change, then our marriage would get better. So I kind of just sat back and waited for him to change. So Proverbs uh, 3, 5, and 6, um, a lot of people very familiar with this verse. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. And so I was in this period of life where um, I was not seeking um, God's will for my life. I wasn't seeking biblical counsel. I didn't have community around me to speak into my life. And I was just very much following my own path, and it was becoming just very, very crooked. Um, and so um, in 2002, my dad passed away. Uh, the injuries that uh, he had sustained when he was shot finally caught up to him, and uh, he passed away. And I really, during that time, got caught up in identifying with him. I didn't grow up with him. Um, and so I really began to find identity in him. So Things that he struggled with, I also struggled with. And I sort of took that on as an identity and was like, this is who I am. And it was like I was, uh, you know, I looked at myself like some character in a movie. And even though it was tragic, it was just like, well, this is my role to play, you know, whatever. Um, So uh, the fall of 2003 was the first anniversary of my my dad's passing. And uh, it was a very hard summer. um, And, you know, my best friend had moved away. I was unhappy at home. Uh, I started spending more and more time with uh, at school with friends that you know women, um, and finally it got to the point where I just had this. We had this big discussion, and I just told Alyssa I was unhappy. I wanted to leave. I blamed her, um, and I just was very hard-hearted and callous towards her. Um, we actually met with uh, John McGee um, here. At, Alyssa got me to come up here, and I basically said the same thing to them and. I was just like, I'm, I'm ready to get out of here. So in my eyes, I had my own life um, that I was trying to lead, and I thought leaving Alyssa would make me happy. If I could just get rid of this and get over here, then uh, things would be great, right? And so uh, I was not following Christ at all. Um, and so I basically stayed in the house for uh, another month and sleeping in the guest room. I took my wedding ring off, and I avoided home. So finally I got an apartment and I left and, and I really deluded myself into, uh, you know, tricking myself into thinking I was taking care of myself, you know, for one time. And um, it really was uh, just self-delusion. So when Shane told me that he wanted to leave um, and that divorce was a very strong possibility, I was devastated and really broken for the first time in my life. Um, And God met me in my pain, and I truly surrendered to him at that time and um, decided that I had just been living um, sort of this lukewarm, um, you know, calling myself a Christian but not really living it out, and I I decided that enough was enough. And so through this time, I just learned um, that God is enough for me and that my hope had to be in him and not in my circumstances. Um, I remember the day that Shane moved out. Um, It was a terrible day. And um, I remember reading this scripture in Isaiah 43, uh, verses 18 and 19. Um, Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I'm making a way in the desert and streams in the wasteland. And so I didn't claim that verse as saying that our marriage was going to be all better and that Shane was going to come back. 
Um, but I saw already that God was working um, in my life and in my heart and that my relationship with him was totally different. And so during this time, I drew closer to God. Um, I started reading the Bible. Um, I needed to read the Bible. I, I just to stay afloat. I had to read his word um, daily. Um, I had verses at work that I would just um, reassure myself with um, moment by moment. I started really praying desperately. Um, and then I just took steps of obedience that I had been avoiding for a long time. I had been going um, here to Watermark for two years at that point, but had never connected, just kind of came on Sundays, and that was it. And so I felt like God, um, I had felt for a while that God was calling me to um, to be obedient to Him. And so I got baptized and publicly proclaimed um, my faith in Christ. Um, I joined the church. I joined a women's Bible study and was just loved by the women there. Um, and started to see how God uses um, his body to, um, to reach out to his children. And so, um, thankfully, during this time, I was um, able to receive really wise counsel from a um, lady here on staff at Watermark. Um, and she told me that I needed to love Shane regardless of his response to me. Um, that I needed to be a friend to him, and I needed to see him as a hurting person, and um, and to reach out to him and to initiate with him, even though he was not um, being loving toward me at all. Um, so she advised me to make it easy for him to come back, um, because it would be a big blow to his pride for him to change course and, and come back to me, whereas um, I would say the world's advice at that time was more like change the locks, you know, get his name off your bank accounts. You don't have kids yet. It's not really that big of a deal. You can start over. So I definitely had to tune out that kind of advice and listen to this biblical wisdom that I was was um, given. And so some of the ways that I tried to love Shane during this time after he moved out, and actually when he was still in the house as well, but we were separated, um, was just to send him cards and notes and just let him know I was praying for him. And God really did give me a heart of compassion to really finally see his hurt. Um, I also tried to use a loving tone when he called when really I just wanted to yell at him. Um, and uh, Mandy, the person who counseled me, really um, tried to help me think of ways I could really um, show kindness to him, just acts of kindness. And so one of the things he was doing was coming back to our house and mowing the lawn um, like once a week, I guess, at that point or every other week. And so one of the little acts of kindness that she suggested I do was that when he was mowing the lawn, you know, bring him out some ice water, you know, don't, you know, that kind of thing. Like that might be just something small that would speak to him and be kind. So I did that. I prepared this great cup of ice water, set it in the fridge. And after he mowed a little while, walked out there with the water. I was like, here, I thought you might be thirsty. And, and he took a drink and he was like, it's too cold. It's hurting my teeth. <laughs> so, uh, so I was like, okay, I'm sorry. We'll try. I'll let it warm up or whatever. So, um, and just that, like that was like just me practicing being kind when someone is not kind to you. It was um, difficult, but that was kind of funny at the same time. Um, it wasn't funny at the time. It was to me. Um, yeah, so, throw it in my face. Yeah. Another um, way that I tried to be kind to him and just be a friend to him was um, listening to his problems and his issues with me um, without talking about my hurts and my needs with him. And so he just really wanted to kind of vent like everything I had done wrong and why I wasn't a good wife and that kind of thing. And, um, and so I just remember really just closing my mouth and just not and just 
apologizing to him and asking for his forgiveness and not giving him my whole list of what, you know, I felt like he needed to work on. And, um, and I just trusted that God would provide the right time for my needs and my hurts to be talked about. And he did. Um, one thing that I think was pivotal for us was just God really, um, uh, showed me just how much grief Shane had over his dad's death. And so I was able to apologize to him for not really understanding his grief and just kind of wanting him to get over it so we could move on with our lives and, um, and just asking for his forgiveness in that. And so little by little, I started seeing my part um, in the marriage because Shane's part in the marriage was, I mean, his sin or whatever was a lot more flagrant, I guess, as far as he was the one that left and he was having these um, inappropriate relationships and all of that. But slowly, God just kind of showed me that, you know, you have a part in this too. And I was able to see that more and more. And so I would say my actions during this time were not always perfect. But thankfully, with the guidance of the Holy Spirit and just the biblical wisdom that I got, um, I was able to act in a totally different way than I think I would have otherwise. Um, So I would say it was a very painful time in my life. um, But at the same time, it was really sweet just to see um, that I could trust God. I could see his hand at work in our lives um, and just felt his encouragement day by day during that hard time. And so a verse that really spoke to me was Psalm 57, 2, that says, I will take refuge in the shadow of your wings until the disaster has passed. And so uh, the last time we shared our story, I give a shout out to Mandy because because just the fact that she was faithful in speaking truth to Alyssa, and, and I basically said that she's kind of a hero to me. But then, you know, after I thought about it, I realized that really Alyssa is the real hero to me because she she followed you know, that counsel. And, I mean, I think about how hard that was for her to uh, just to be Christ-like in those moments because I, at the time, I was oblivious to it and so self-absorbed, but I was just a jerk. Um, and so here I was, you know, in my apartment. I had moved out. Um, I thought, you know, at first it was great, I guess, you know, uh, but I changed my location, but nothing had changed about me. Uh, and so really I was just experiencing emptiness still. Um, and I found that I was still unhappy, uh, and things really began to unravel for me. Um, you know, I was my behavior was hurting my reputation at work, and, and it was affecting people at work and affecting my job. And um, I finally it came to a point one night where I was just laying in bed, and I was just miserable. Uh, none of this had worked out the way I had planned in my grand scheme um, to defeat Alyssa and, and win the day. Um, and I... I think, you know, God brought to mind uh, just the parable um, of the prodigal son. And I was laying there in bed just feeling miserable, and I I realized that I was kind of like the the prodigal son who, you know, took his inheritance, went off and squandered it on, on, you know, loose living. And until he was at the point where the only job he could get was feeding pigs, and he was so hungry, he was looking at the pig's food, and he wished he could have some. And he thought, you know, I should just go home, um, you know, to my father and... And I realized that that's, that was who I was, that I had wandered far from Christ, um, and I was just living with the pigs. And um, it was at that point I, I decided I, I just wanted to call Alyssa. And um, so I began a conversation uh, and a process of coming back together. And, and I began to realize that Alyssa really was uh, behaving differently toward me 
and, uh, and really pursuing me and, and trying to love me well. And it made a huge impact on me. And just the fact that she made it easy um, for me to come back, like, as Mandy had advised her to do, um, it had a tremendous impact on our journey. Um, because she didn't place demands on me at that time. She uh, you know, listened to all these things. I was venting and, and just ridiculous stuff and uh, was very patient. And, uh, but me calling her, then I began the process of me coming back home. So um, eventually, we, like Shane mentioned, we sort of started dating again and um, hanging out again. And, and he did um, slowly move back home. And so even after he was back in our house, it definitely wasn't all fixed. Um, we still had um, some problems with communication. He had not completely cut off his friendships at work. Um, at this point, he was still not going to church with me. And so all these things sort of created this um, um, huge amount of anxiety that Shane would leave again, that he would change his mind and decide, you know, no, this isn't, this is really not for me. And so I clung to Psalm 112 verse 7, he will have no fear of bad news. His heart is steadfast, trusting in the Lord. And so um, we did you know, grow and change after he came back. And really what helped us to grow, first of all, was God changing our hearts, just the transformation for both of us of bringing us to a place of brokenness where we did turn to him. Um, Also, we started um, participating in a community group here. And um, so even though Shane wasn't at church with me, he would go to community group and we were invited um, by a girl that had helped counsel me as well. And they were just great at loving us, knowing where we were at the time and just really um, engaging with us and initiating with us and and just showing us what church really was and what the body of Christ really was. So that was really a pivotal um, group for us. And I remember at the time I had, I felt like we really needed like heavy duty counseling. And I was like, give me a good recommendation for a counselor. And instead Mandy was like, you need to get in a community group. And I was like, that just seems kind of crazy to me. But looking back, that was just life-changing for us to be around other couples and to kind of have an identity as a couple together. And, um, yeah, so that was, that was a big change agent for us. Um, then shortly after we reconciled, um, we had our first son, Turner. And I think having him also helped us um, just to become more connected because we sort of had a mission together. We both wanted to raise him to know Christ and to follow Christ. And so having Turner and then the rest of our children really just solidified our commitment to each other and to our family. Um, and then just being involved in Reengage. They invited us to the first meeting um, when Reengage was was um, being, you know, talked about as far as what could this ministry look like if we started. The elders um, really had a um, mind and a heart for starting a ministry like this. And so they invited us to the ministry, not because we were um, some kind of great experts in marriage, but because they were like, what could we have done to help you when you were so messed up? And so we were able to <laughs> tell them what they could have done. And and then they, uh, you know, John McGee kind of put some faith in us and asked us to become leaders. And so we've been um, leaders now for since it began. And that's been a huge, um, huge help for our marriage because it's really kept us on track and kept all of this, uh, everything just fresh in our minds. But it's always just emphasized to us that Christ has to come first. And I would just point out, it took, it really took a, a while for me to come around. I mean, to, you know, get my act together. Um, but God kept putting... Uh, people in my life to continue to call me back to him 
uh, and to prune and, and, and get things out of my life that needed to be out of my life. And uh, it took a while for me to realize um, things I needed to eliminate, like to cut off relationships with, with friends and just I couldn't have those friends. Uh, it hurt Alyssa, and I had to let go of those, and that's fine. I'm, I'm good with that. Um, but um, and the, I found that the closer I got to Christ, the less depressed I was, and so I was able to you know, quit taking medication for that, and I'm, I don't struggle with depression uh, anymore. Um, John 15, 5 says, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. And so to wrap this thing up, we've learned that when we're both pursuing our relationship with Christ, uh, we tend to respond to each other uh, in ways that foster oneness. Uh, When we're not abiding in Christ, the opposite tends to be true. And so we know that marital problems are spiritual problems, uh, and so we strive to pursue Christ and to pursue each other. So thanks, guys.